Kalpana, are you ready for 2023? Well, you know, it's been a hectic year as always. And there's always so much happening on the religion beat. And let's say the politics beat because there's so much of overlap. And not Mm -hmm. just here in the US, but all over the world. So, you know, when you ask, am I ready for 2023? A part of me says, yes, I am, but I don't know what's coming. It's exciting, but it also makes me a little anxious. That's Kalpana Jain. She's a senior journalist and editor of ethics and religion at The Conversation U.S., an online global news and commentary site based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Jane and her colleagues across the religion beat have been reflecting on how 2022 was a very busy year, one in which religion seemed to pop up in some of the most obvious places. Two sides of the abortion argument rallying tonight after a leaked Supreme Court decision. I'm enraged. I'm enraged at the state of our government. We can vote. Yes, we can march, but we have to organize. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are them, woman, and blessed is the fruit. And unlikely ones. The FIFA World Cup still has two weeks left to play, but it's already clear that the ultimate winner will be the religion of Islam, because for the past four weeks, the Islamic faith has been showcased to a global audience like never before. Welcome to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm your host, Umbreen Khan. Each week, we explore the beliefs that shape our world. This week, we begin a two-part episode, taking a closer look at the religion stories that topped all those end-of-year lists for religion editors. At first, we thought we could fit it all into one show, but we quickly discovered... 2022 needs a little more time. My conversation with Kalpana focuses on the international, but we're going to begin this week with stories a little closer to home. Producer Kimberly Winston reached out to Bobby Ross Jr. He's the editor of the award-winning Christian Chronicle, who also writes a weekly column that rounds up religion news coverage. Kimberly and Bobby spoke just after the Religion News Association, of which both are longtime members, issued its annual list of the most important religion stories of the year. Members are asked to vote on the top story, the top international story, top U.S. story, and the religion newsmaker of the year. At the end of this segment, we'll share this year's results. But first, producer Kimberly Winston and Bobby Ross Jr. Uh, Bobby Ross, welcome to Inspired. Welcome back. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Bobby, would you tell us what your title is and where I'm reaching you from? Uh, Sure. My main title is Editor-in-Chief of the Christian Chronicle, which is an Oklahoma City-based newspaper for Churches of Christ. And then I write a weekly column, Religion News Roundup for Religion Unplugged, called Weekend Plug-In. And then also do some freelance, like I've done a handful of stories for the AP this year on religion. So 
kind of stay busy in a, on a variety of fronts. And so your year-end column for Religion Unplugged, which is an online religion magazine, you asked this year for religion reporters from around the United States, and I, I, I would assume you have readership overseas, um, to ask them to send you their favorite stories of the year, not what they thought was their most important or their best work, but uh-huh. it was their favorite stories of the year. Give me a summary of what you've received. Yeah, it's all over the map, and it's interesting because there were a few reporters who like sent me long paragraphs about this got 450,000 page views or something like that, and I was thinking... You know, even if it only got 500 page views and it was a great story that you enjoyed doing, that was kind of where I was heading. But, you know, it's all over the place. Like Liam Adams with The Tennessean, his favorite story was a piece that he and and a colleague spent several months on, I think, just kind of reporting on the fact that Williamson County, which is a suburb south of Davidson County in Nashville, Tennessee, has kind of become the new frontier for for American evangelical Christianity, kind of maybe become the new Colorado Springs, as we used to see. So that was a fascinating story. Yeah. For years, Colorado Springs was the epicenter of American evangelicalism. It had the headquarters of Focus on the Family. It had Promise Keepers and at least a score of other parachurch or outside the church organizations. What else? Cheryl Mann Bacon, who's a correspondent who I work with here at the Christian Chronicle, she went to a little small church, country church, on its final Sunday as this church was closing, just brought down by a lot of the the wider trends we're seeing in the religion world in general. She actually did a a year-long project called Where Have All the Churches Gone?, Dell Banks at Religion News Service shared a recent story she did about Amy Grant, the queen of Christian pop, being honored at the Kennedy Center. And that was a big deal because Grant had been a superstar in the Christian music industry and she lost a lot of fans when she crossed over into mainstream pop music. What else did you find? Michelle Borstein at the Washington Post just did a big story interviewing a woman who was a rape survivor within the Southern Baptist Convention. And obviously, sex abuse within that domination has been one of the bigger religion news stories of the year. Yes, that woman's name is Megan Lively, and she is making the evangelical world examine the ways it largely reserves leadership for men and how that has created an imbalance of power and a culture of silence around abuse in the church. Did you get anything else? David Crary at at the Associated Press had a really interesting story about black Catholic nuns, which which is a topic I had never really thought about, but he just had some, you know, this was from back in April, had some really compelling history and historic photos. And Kelsey Dallas, who covers religion news for the Deseret News, which is a national newspaper based out of Salt Lake City and has a has a lot of Mormon readers, but a lot of non-LDS readers as well. She actually sent a perspective piece that she had written 
about what Russell Moore taught me about arguing with my husband. Explain who Russell Moore is. Russell Moore is the former president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He later left the Southern Baptist Convention over, I think it was some disagreements with how some Southern Baptist leaders handled the Trump era and that kind of thing. He's now the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, which is a leading evangelical magazine. But, you know, she just had a, you know, it was a first person piece about what he taught her about arguing with her husband. That's a lot. So did you get any from um, overseas? Yeah, there were several journalists who shared stories from overseas. Kimberly Winston, in fact, (laughs) shared her story about Bosnian Jews. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. You know, Eric Trigestad here at the Christian Chronicle, he and, and my colleague Audrey Jackson spent a few weeks in Ukraine and neighboring countries reporting on the war and refugees. And Eric's favorite story was when he did about this band of, of Christian brothers in Ukraine, basically running back and forth in Ukraine and across the border to help deliver people and supplies. So that was one. And then a team, Francis Rocca from the Wall Street Journal, the Vatican correspondent there, and a couple of other reporters did a really fascinating story from Rio de Janeiro about how the Catholic Church is losing Latin America. So that was another international story. So yeah, there were several. And then Peter Smith at the Associated Press, one of my favorite religion writers, shared a story that he did from Canada, just talking to indigenous people when the Pope came earlier this year to apologize for the residential schools that they had where they kind of basically tried to indoctrinate indigenous people in Canada for yeah. over a century. The church-run church residential run, exactly, boarding right. schools. Did you notice anything about the stories that you got? Were the stories fun? I mean, I my favorite story I've done in the last couple of years was a story I did on cicadas. Now, is that important? No. But I think it's my favorite story because I needed such a break from the unrelenting sadness and tension that was being a reporter in times of COVID. So anything that you noticed like that? Yeah, I think I think you're on to something as far as, as a lot of the stories that that people submitted, you know, there was a, there was a good mix of some, some of the serious topics we've, we've discussed already, but then there, there were several stories that I would just categorize as fun. I mean, I'm Sam Kestenbaum, who does a lot of freelance reporting for major publications. Listen to this headline, (laughs) Demon Time, how a former actress turned Christian EDM singer from small town, New York, became a Pentecostal faith healer for the TikTok era. Isn't that great? That was one I mean, of my favorite stories. Yes. I mean, that just, that, that whole, that, there's just so much in the headline yes. to, to kind of digest. And that story delivers what the headline promises. I'm excited for what God's going to do today. I know that freedom and healing is coming to you today because this is Jesus's will for you, for you to walk in abundant life, which means no bondage, which means no sickness. Hallelujah. Jesus, who worked through the apostles, who was there at that church, healing and freeing those people, is here today, is alive today. 
Catherine Crick, a 31-year-old woman who attracts huge crowds to Los Angeles parks, and they watch her cast out demons. Did you get any other fun ones? Catherine Post with RNS, her story was, the headline was Suds in the Sanctuary, Craft Breweries Populate Vacant U.S. Churches. So, Suds you know, in the Sanctuary? Suds in the Sanctuary. I love that. Paul Gladder. Uh, at Religion Unplugged, he he did a piece called Adopting a Doodle Puppy from Amish Country's Epicenter of Dog Breeding and basically going to Amish Country to adopt a dog for his kids. So, I mean, that was a fun one. Greg Garrison, who's the longtime religion writer for the Birmingham News and AL.com, mm-hmm. his story is Gelato Shop on US 280 Band Cell Phones, Profanity, Scantily clad patrons, quote, this place is different. So. Oh, man, that's a, that's great. Now, I would read that story. I would read that yeah. story in a second. It was a big sports year. Was it a big sports year for religion? Clemente Lise, who's a big soccer fan, big soccer expert and writer, senior editor for Religion Unplugged, was actually at the World Cup. Finally, so one of his favorite stories of the year is actually yesterday listening to him talk about, you know, the, his big game and his the role that he that he, you know, he's Catholic, that he feels like God plays in him finally winning, winning the World Cup for his country. What Clemente wrote was fascinating to me because he did note that Pope Francis being a fan of Argentina. Latour Martinez is going to get to that one, knocks it down for Messi, into the middle, Fernandez, Latour Martinez, save Messi! He also said the 86-year-old Pope has not watched TV since July 15, 1990, just days after Argentina's defeat by West Germany in the World Cup final that summer. So I guess the Pope gave up TV 30-something years ago, so I don't guess he got wow. to see the game. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. What I love about this list is it shows that religion is everywhere, right? Right, It's on the soccer field. It's um, at the gelato shop. Um, It's not just in a pew, in a temple, in a synagogue. It's just everywhere. Right. So every year... The Religion News Association, which is a professional association of reporters of religion like you and me, you and I are both members, um, they come up with a list of the most important religion stories of the year. And on the list are things like uh, the emerging Christian nationalism, the struggle to return to pre-pandemic attendance levels at uh, houses of worship, the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, rising anti-Semitism. When you look at this list, what is the number one most important religion story of the year to you and why? I would be shocked if the overturning of Roe v. Wade isn't number one on that list or even unanimous. Justice Alito writes, quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Really heartbroken that our country would do this to us. Is caught in the land whose very purpose is to protect their rights and uphold the Constitution, yet which now stands accused of stripping those rights away. That was a historic Supreme Court decision, and and then 
I would think that the Southern Baptist Convention, the sex abuse scandal, Mm-hmm. Would probably was I think that was how I voted for number two, but hmm. number one I don't. To me, there's not re- any big question that that'll be the number one. Explain to our listeners the many ways it is a religion story. The main thing to me would be just the fact that a lot of the opposition to abortion is based on religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing. And there's also that a lot of the um, the support for reproductive rights for women also has a foundation in faith, right? Different different parts of the faith world, but there are many people who are people of faith that support Roe v. Wade. Correct. Correct, and I, I, I and I think there's even several lawsuits out there with with some of those groups suing, claiming that that overturning the right to an abortion violates their religious freedom. And also, there's the fact that we have a very, very religious Supreme Court. Many of the people on the Supreme Court are people of faith. Katanji Brown-Jackson is a Christian. Sonia Sotomayor is Catholic. Alito, very Catholic. Justice Roberts is a professed Catholic. And, of course, Amy Coney Barrett, famously Catholic. It's a very a very openly faithful court, and I think that'll continue to be part of the story. Um, now, let me ask you about the list that you uh, put up on Christian Chronicle. You had top 10 religion stories of the year. One thing I was very impressed by was your top religion story of the year was the war in Ukraine. Now, um, tell me why that made your number one. To me, that's the number one story in the world this past year, with religion or not religion. And then the Christian Chronicle, we cover Churches of Christ, and, and there's a pretty large presence of Churches of Christ in Ukraine. And in, in our paper sent reporters to Ukraine and neighboring countries to cover that and talk to refugees and talk to churches housing refugees. So that it was just a big story for our fellowship. Part of the conflict is who can claim, you know, the Russian Orthodox Church? What, quote, side is the church on in this conflict? It's it's in there. It's all mixed in there. Right, right. And that's something we've written quite a bit about at Religion Unplugged. Obviously, the bigger world of, of journalism and religion reporting, that's been a big story, the Russian Orthodox Church and who who controls it, and even whether the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, kind of how he has seemed to, from some perspectives or most perspectives, seem to side with Putin. Another story that you picked is this trend that we've seen reported across the board um, that houses of worship are not seeing people filling the pews at the levels that they were before COVID. Why is this a very important religion story, considering that in the last, goodness gracious, 30, 40 years, every year we have declining numbers in membership at houses of worship? You know, like you said, the numbers have been declining, and then suddenly COVID-19 comes along and churches can't meet anymore because of the lockdowns. 
And so now we're back in, in the place where most churches have been able to reconvene in public, but you're seeing the attendance is down by, you know, earlier this year, the number that we got in our survey was down by a third to a half in most places. What I've heard from a lot of leaders is that some people survived the pandemic without going to church or a physical building for several months and see no reason to go back. So I think we're we're in a period now of trying to see what is lasting and what is just a short-term effect of the pandemic. Bobby, get out your crystal ball. <laughs> do you have do you have a crystal ball out? No, I'm just trying to make it through this year. <laughs> <laughs> if I gave you a crystal ball and you could look into this crystal ball, what do you think will be the big stories that we will be looking at in the coming year? You know, last year when we talked and asked a similar question, it was pretty easy to predict Roe v. Wade. Now it's harder for me to know, you know, what what's going to be the the big story next year. I don't know that that that's coming to me. What, what do you think? Hmm. I think it's going to be religious liberty issues at the Supreme Court. I think we're going to see the web design case. It's a like um, the uh, masterpiece cake shop uh, revisited. I think we're going to be talking a lot about that. And I think we're going to be talking a lot about religion and politics. That's an easy one to predict. Um, yeah. yeah. Because the campaign should be heating up um, next year. And I think, you know, DeSantis is going to try to out religion everybody. And I think if Biden runs again, his faith will again be not an issue, but something that they'll put out there. I'm I'm girding my loins for another political season. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking the same thing and thinking, can we not at least get through 2023 without having to do this all year long? But I, I think you're right. We're yeah. going to have to do 2024 for a full two years, probably. That was producer Kimberly Winston and Christian Chronicle editor Bobby Ross Jr. talking about their picks for top religion stories of 2022. So, how did they compare to the Religion News Association's annual poll? Cue the drum roll. They were on point. Though Kimberly tells me that this year the choices were pretty darn clear. Religion News Association members chose the overturning of Roe v. Wade as the top U.S. religion story of 2022, while the Russian invasion of Ukraine was named the top international religion story. And Iranian women taking to the streets protesting Iran's authoritarian regime was named the top religion newsmakers. You can find links to some of the coverage Bobby and Kimberly discussed and the Religion News Association's 2022 list in the show notes on our website at www.interfaithradio.org. When we come back, Kimberly invites an alum of the show back to talk about one of the most disturbing trends of the year, the steady rise of anti-Semitism. You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. We'll be back after this short break. Stay with us. 